Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, listeners and friends. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Today, in honor of Father's Day coming up, we have a very special family to our church, uh, to Bethlehem, that we want to honor and highlight today. We have the Stephanie family here with us today. And uh, I'm going to, they are many, there's several of them in, in here, and it might be the largest podcast that we've ever had. It's, uh, I don't know if that's possible or not, but uh, we're going to go around and let everyone say who they are and how they're connected to Bethlehem Church uh, and what role they play. So James, we'll start with you. Hey, um, okay. My name is James Stephanie, and I've been going to Bethlehem for about six years since I moved up uh, from Florida. And just been volunteering in a couple of different areas, uh, college ministry, and then a lot of like greeting, parking. But right now working uh, with the Usher team at the 915 service. Awesome. All right. Casey, you're next. I'm Casey Kofer. Um, once was a Stephanie, but um, <laughs> I'm James's daughter, and I actually work at the church. I've worked here for three years now, um, but we love Bethlehem. Um, started serving in the high school ministry, and that's where I met Dylan, and we got married in September. So Awesome. And our listeners, you've heard Casey on the podcast many, many times. She uh, works with us on the discipleship team, and she's this is not her first podcast rodeo. So here she is again, <laughs> and we, we love her. All right, Dylan. So I'm Dylan Kofer. Um, I've gone to Bethlehem my entire life and went to uh, Bethlehem Christian Academy. So Bethlehem's always been kind of a home to me. Um, and then uh, about four years ago, I met Casey serving in high school. And then, uh, yeah, we got married a few months ago, and here we are. So you're grafted in to the to the Stephanie family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Courtney? Uh, I'm Courtney McFadden, married to Josh McFadden. I'm James's daughter. Uh, we've got three kids, and I have been here at Bethlehem for about six years as well and have been involved with the worship team for about five years. Hey, my name is uh, Josh McFadden, and uh, I've had the opportunity to serve on staff uh, with the production department with Bethlehem for about four years now. And uh, just have the opportunity just to uh, be a part of the ministry that's happening there. And uh, like Courtney said, we're raising our three kids and uh, just loving being here in Georgia. Awesome. And I have to say, fun fact, Beyond Sunday would not exist if it weren't for Josh McFadden. In the early days when we started this podcast, we launched it. It was, it was uh, Josh and I working together on it. So uh, he, yeah, thanks to him, this podcast exists. So. I'm not going to lie. It's a little weird being on this side of the yes. microphone now. So, I'm it looking just forward felt right. To it, though. it was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was due time. Yeah. It was due time. All right. I'm Aaron. I'm James's third youngest child, or third child, so yeah. third oldest, whatever you say. <laughs> you say that. Um, I'm Casey and Courtney's brother. We have one more brother that couldn't make it here today. Um, I am married to my wife, Emily. We've lived up here for about four and a half years. We relocated to be closer to family up here, and we just welcomed our first child nine months ago. So we have a little son named Lee. Um, So this will be my first Father's Day. So it's an honor to sit here and talk amongst family about 
what a father means to me and what being a father means. So That's I'm super awesome. excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, I volunteer with the medical team on Sunday mornings at the 915 service every Sunday. So I serve serve there and still searching on a place to permanently move into and serve um, a little bit more. Awesome. Very cool. All right, Kevin, did you want to say hi? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kevin. I'm on staff at, and uh, frequent the podcast here. I'm not a part of the Stephanie family. My not best yet, shot at becoming a part of the Stephanie family <laughs> is for one of my grandkids to marry one of James's grandkids. <laughs> so we are working on that as we speak. <laughs> we could arrange that for some hunting land. So. <laughs> we'll talk afterwards. All right. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for agreeing to do this. And um, it's just been a lot of fun getting to work with you guys and getting to know you guys. And so... Uh, we we had this idea to you know to highlight you your family because you guys are so involved in the church, and it's just really rare and really beautiful to see um, this many members of one family serving together, attending together. You guys seem to really like each other. Is that possible? Is that <laughs> is that accurate? Yeah, no, most days I think. <laughs> I, yeah. You guys seem to really get along well, and you're really tight knit, and so that's just really cool. And so we wanted to highlight that and honor that today. Uh, especially with with um, Father's Day coming up. So uh, I'll direct this question, the first question to the kids. What are some of the ways that you saw uh, how your dad was intentional, intentional about how he raised you? Well, I would say growing up, um, just there's four of us. And then obviously my dad and my mom. And just every time we were together, it was like, all right, let's focus on the family and mm-hmm. not um, – like what's going on next. Like he was just very intentional about like what was going on in the moment, um, whether it was family trips, um, eating dinner at the table pretty much every night. Um, that was like a big priority growing up that I know I want to instill with my family um, when, yeah. once we have kids. Um, and just just looking back on those, just the memories made and just how he was an in- intentional leader. And it's just cool because we don't have kids yet, but just praying for even my husband and my him to be the dad one day, um, just praying for him to be like my dad was growing up. And so um, it's just cool to look back and just thankful for those times and just the intentionality of time spent together um, that I now look forward to doing with our kids one day. That's awesome. So... So James, when when she says you guys had dinner every night, how did you make that a priority? Like, we we tried to, but our kids were all over the place. How did you do it? And how do we help families today do it? Well, it, you know, there were, there were nights, you know, Wednesday nights were <clears throat> we were always at church, and there were some sport event, sporting events. Can be honest, we avoided travel ball a lot and things like that uh, because of of the sports became very secondary compared to what I felt was a, the being plugged in the church. Um, so there, that's what the priority was is, is, is youth group. And, um, uh, so that left us most nights free to, to have dinner together. And it just was an intentional act. Dinner was cooked and one always at seven o'clock or six o'clock. So it was nine 30 at night, but we, when we had dinner, we sat down and, and, and we ate together. Um, we didn't go out to eat a lot. It just was, we just, that was just our family time. And yeah. it just, it was just intentional. It was there and you were going to be there yeah. kind of deal. Now, James, I want to kind of camp on something that you just said that really just uh, impressed me, mm-hmm. um, that you 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 set some other things aside. You sacrificed mm-hmm. other things so that 
family time and church attendance was mm-hmm. was kind of a priority. Absolutely. Talk about that. What 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 inspired you to do that? Well, number one, uh, none of my kids really could see Major League Baseball or NFL football <laughs> in them, so that kind of helped out the situation nice. where they weren't really the greatest athletes. So, um, but really seriously, I you know, my son Justin, who's not here, was a pretty good athlete and um, a decent athlete. But it just came down to me that I knew from research what the chances were of, of, of making it to a college level or, or, or the next level beyond it was slim to none. And I just thought if they were, if they're heading up town to do it, they could do it by just playing high school sports or, or regular weekend sports and avoided the travel and the every night stuff. Just church as a priority. We had a, uh, it was important to keep my kids into a larger church that had better youth uh, ministers. Stayed in church for a while, but I wasn't super duper excited about, you know, for what they were offering for the adults, but they, what they offered for the kids was amazing. And we gave up a little bit of, for for what we were looking for in a church for them. And my church became the, the middle school ministry or the high school ministry, because that's where I volunteered and I lived in. Um, so that was just very important to be part of them. Um, all my kids have, have experienced mission trips to some pretty cool places. And, and I went along with them. Casey's been on uh, part of a high school, um, mission trips for, since she was probably four years old. She was, I was dragging her along the high school mission trips wow. out to the United States. So, um, really got her plugged in that way. That was just be, that was a super priority. So I think just just for people who are listening, there's two key words that you just mentioned for dads that mm-hmm. are listening, and that's intentionality and priority. Yep. I think that's key, and I imagine we'll keep traveling down that vein here in this podcast. Mm-hmm. What other what are some other thoughts you guys had when it comes to your when it came to your dad raising you and your parents raising you um, that that you would say like we just talked about the priority intentionality. What are some other things you talked about dinner? What are some other things you could tell us about other stories? Goodness. Um, just picking back off of that, church was a huge priority, dinners, family time spent like that. But the memories that I have back, going back to our, our fishing trips or our hunting trips mm-hmm. of the intentional time that my dad spent pouring into us, just different things that meant to just to, that you could spend your time with your dad doing. And I remember going back and spending time with him on hunting trips and my grandfather on hunting trips and that becoming just such a priority in in the family of intentionally spending those moments together. And they just have become a huge part of my life. And my biggest desire is to do these family trips. And he's instilled that in us that that has to be a priority and that um, this time is to, to grow closer together and to, and to just uplift each other and to just even get to know each other even more every single day because things are changing so much in all of our lives. And, um, just, I just remember all these trips growing up, just, that'll just, it'll just stick with me together. And it it created this huge priority to then instill that in my family and growing those memories and those times together. Yeah, that's cool. I, and I, I, I see that in uh, my husband as a father as well. Like the, the things that he's always thinking about is trying to, um, how can he involve his kids in in what he's doing instead of, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to get away (laughs) from his kids or he's always thinking, how can I involve them in this or how can I be more involved? So I think that I see that intentionality that you're talking about. It was intentional in the aspect to find the sports and the activities that we could do together as a family. Mm -hmm. And that would also be something we could be doing, you know, I'm 55 years old. I can't be out playing football with them anymore, but I sure can be out in the boat fishing with them and, Mm -hmm. and we can be out in the woods hunting together. Um, you know, or even golfing together. So a lot of the sports I chose were things I could do uh, with them and that we could be doing for a long term. And I don't know if I really had a plan at a young age, but that's just how I was kind of raised in, in those type of sport environments. And that those took priority over, you know, um, over a lot of the team sports because, you know, I had my 
Justin, who's not here, quit football over hunting season. Mm -hmm. He just said, this is, you know, I, I'm missing too much time in the woods. So he finally quit football. He didn't play his senior year because hunting was a priority for him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So <clears throat> let's talk about influences. And James, we'll ask you, like, what, who, who influenced you as a father? It's a tough one, um, especially here, you know, talking on a podcast. Uh, but my dad in some ways, but yeah. not in always. My yeah. dad was not a spiritual leader when I was growing up. Um, he, I had a pretty rough upbringing with him and, and yeah. alcoholism. And um, about the time I got to my junior, or maybe my sophomore year in high school, he, he quit drinking and plugged back in the church. His dad, I'll never forget this day he walked step foot in church. It was, wow. I can almost cry just thinking about it. But up until that point, I had a, I had a, I had a high school pastor, um, Scott Bruner. He passed away a few years ago. And um, Scott Bruner was, he was tough on us. I mean, he, you talk about, it was the old school youth pastor, throws keys at you when you did something stupid. And you'd, <laughs> you know, you'd have cuts on your back from this set of, you know, church keys, the old day church key sets you'd have. And uh, I took those the back of the head a couple different times. But Scott really taught me what to, how, how to be a man. I mean, he invested in me through middle school and high school. Hmm. And Scott made some mistakes later on in life and walked away from the ministry. And I ran into him, I don't know, five or, I was probably about 30 years old, I ran into him. And he came and apologized to me one day. It was, it was just the weirdest thing. And, and um, apologized. I said, oh, you know, James, I really want to, I was so hard on y'all. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about, Scott? He goes, I was just so hard on you. And I realized maybe I was too tough. I said, no, Scott, you know, I had, had I think I had three kids at this point in time, in case you might not have been born yet. And I said, I'm the father and the husband I am today on account of you. Wow. Don't ever apologize for being tough. So it was, he was, he was a good example. Even though he fell at one point, he was there as a, a youth pastor and a leader and a friend and a father figure that I really needed at that yeah. point in time. And I think he sat on it. But a grandpa that was really like my buddy, my best friend, and 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 learned a lot from him and, and a lot of Christian um strong leader family members, uncles that I had. So there's a lot of examples, but I'd come back to watching my dad turn his life around and then humbly walking back into church was a huge moment in my life to be able to see grace. Mm -hmm. I've never, I, I don't think as an early believer that I, I had an understanding of grace until that day, like at that point in time, that was an, an opening up for me. And then also a youth pastor who really invested in me and my, uh, me and my twin brother. So you, you just shared some some other men that not just your dad, but some mm -hmm. other men. And if you're if you're again listening here and you're a dad that that maybe you didn't have a great relationship with your father, there there are other men in mm -hmm. the church and just other places that, that it's okay to get to to look around and get some help. Um, but I would be interested in hearing from we have two son in laws in here and, and also from from Aaron as well. What what character traits if you had we're gonna embarrass him here, but if you had to <laughs> give some character traits to James um, of, of what a godly father looks like. What do you see in him? What would you say that you see in him? What are some of those traits? I'm, uh, as a son-in-law, I'm contractually obligated to, uh, good, I good, I, good start. I Josh. forgot the list. Uh, you can <laughs> I'll text it, it right over to you. So. <laughs> um, you know, so, uh, I've got to know this family for a long time. Um, just when I started, uh, courting and, and dating Courtney, uh, most of these guys were, we're still in uh, middle school and even elementary school. I think I was the, the babysitter. I do have to say that. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so I got to watch. Um, I got to watch some of these dynamics play out that, mm -hmm. that James is describing, and, and Casey and Aaron are. Um, and I got to watch some of these things transpire. And uh, I remember being uh, captured and, and just kind of in awe of, of watching all the dynamics happen, where uh, James worked really, really hard uh, to provide for his family, but. I never saw him work in a way where uh, he worked away from the family. So even like when picking up, like, cause he would do like, you know, side jobs and some different things to do. 
but it, uh, there was always a way that it involved the family while he was doing it. Mm. Uh, it was never something where he was like, okay, I've got to go out and do it on my own, but he still made uh, intentional time for the family. So like dinners were always, you know, sitting around the table talking and everything else. And the dynamics that were created because of that, like when things would go off the rails and things would have problems and you'd see conflict between different people, uh, he had created a household that was so well connected to each other that you couldn't not come back to it. So like even when the conflicts would arise, they would still they would get resolved in their own ways and they would still come back to each other. And I remember just being captured by that of not even fully understanding why or how that dynamic worked. But I knew that that was something that was going to be I'm going to adopt in my family as well. Yeah. 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 I don't fully understand how the dynamic works, but I've never seen any of my four kids stay mad at each other for more than 15 or 20 minutes. Mm. It's been an, an amazing blessing. Yeah. And um, I put, I give them more credit and God way more credit than I ever would take. <coughs> I that. love that. Yeah. So, and something that you guys talked about uh, and, and really are, are kind of breaking down the myth of like this perfect family that never does any, you know, that, that, <laughs> and I love that. And that's one of the reasons like you guys are, you're very real and very transparent, but again, you don't stay mad at each other. You yeah. like each other. You, 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 you know, keep moving and, and rolling with the punches, so to speak. But James, you talked about how um, your influences, you know, maybe uh, they, they were less than perfect, uh -huh. you know, and that's that's okay. You can still kind of have, be a godly role model and a godly example to your family, even though you didn't necessarily have that. And we, we actually did a podcast about a year ago with uh, Pastor Joel and Jim Litchford, and they kind of talked about that as uh -huh. well, and that they, they came from those, a similar background, uh -huh. but they made the decision for their families. Like, this is what we're going to do. And, and this is how, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Right. So what, at what point did, was that kind of an intentional choice on your part or did, was there a certain point where you made that conscious choice? Yeah, I, I would say so. in in the aspect that I'm not a real serious person, as y'all can tell a little bit. <laughs> but deep down inside, there is a very, very serious part sure. to me on the on on. My dad was a a cop, and the family was military, so there's a, a whole lot of serious. So the vows I took when I at marriage were, was a very, very serious thing to me. Yeah. And that probably wasn't even at the highlight. I was probably at the lowest part of my life spiritually at that point. I kind of come into that college age, and and you know, kind of kind of had to find my way back a little bit to the Lord a few years later. But overall, it was very, very intentional that I was not going to be my dad, mm -hmm. and I was going to raise a family that loved the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think that was it, it, the part that I was very intentional about as they got a little bit older. It was not about, there was no religion. Yeah. Um, it had to be their own relationship with God. Yeah. And those were the high watermarks, high points of my life when I actually saw each one of my four kids mm -hmm. at that point that it became their personal relationship with a loving God and not a religion that we were. And that was just key to me. So church was not a option for them. Mm -hmm. um, but that. at the same point, <laughs> it was, I made sure that they understood that, that they had to make it their own, that you do with it what you want to do with it. So I was very intentional on a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, but that, the one part that I, I remember praying most for was, was give them, a, you know, a, how, for them to have that relationship, for it to become more than just a religion to them. You yeah. right there. I mean, that I was like, if you could write a book, that that would be it. It's mm -hmm. like church is not an option. We go. Mm -hmm. We go every Sunday. But it's not religion. It's, mm -hmm. it's a relationship. It's a relationship. And that, yeah. I mean, those two things right there. I think if every family 
mm-hmm. kind of, you know, embrace that. And that that's, that really is, yeah. uh, makes a difference. Well, I kind of lived a rule and, and this was very intentional is, is they could have no freedom or, or, or all kinds of freedom. Yeah. Nothing. If 15, 14 years old, I didn't care if my kids were out the four o'clock in the morning fishing at John's Pass down in, <laughs> in, in Florida, if they were the right people. Yeah. If they were yeah. with a family I knew or, or, or kids I knew that were church and I knew their parents. Uh, so they had choices. You want a lot of freedom? Hang with the right people. You mm-hmm. want zero freedom? Don't come to me and tell me there's a party um, that everybody's going because I know it's a lie because they're not going. I knew <laughs> I knew that, that everybody was out at that point because they weren't going. Um, but they again, so that was just all very intentional in the aspect. So I think that really helped them in their own way of of getting past my toughness on some of the stuff was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and embrace the right friends and the right culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I was very intentional about the fact that I didn't care how much fun they had as, as children. It yeah. was it, it was secondary to me. If they were miserable because they didn't get to go hang out with their friends all the way through high school or their, you know, their so-called friends, because we were public school, I was a public school parent. Yeah. Um, I had them all in public school. But um, my thought was, is how do they get to 20 years old and have a relationship with Christ and have a happy life from then on out with no hangups, addictions, and troubles or, or you know, uh, stuff behind them? And they chose the right road, every yeah. one of them. And it was their choice. I couldn't have made them. Yeah. I just hopefully set a little path to them and made, made a path for them that seemed like the right one. And they all took it, owned it, and been very proud of them since. And I really do believe I have four grown kids who have a, a personal relationship with Christ, and yeah. they understand it as that. That's awesome. That's and, really good. And they've married people that have, have that same thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> there you go, Josh and Dylan. <laughs> They're giving high fives in here. Awesome. That might be the nicest thing you've ever said. Yeah, to it'd me. be the last. Probably <laughs> be the last nice thing I ever do. But if I could bottle that up and keep it for like the next hey, twenty, it's on years. a podcast, yeah, yeah, so you can replay it. Just replay it. I'm gonna replay this one section for you over. Over. No, you need to replay it for yourself so you feel good about yourself a little bit. Well, James, I love that because I what you were. Uh, I was talking with um, Aaron Zachary, who's been on the podcast. He's um, a discipleship pastor as well. Uh, We were talking about parenting and there's kind of that, as a parent, you feel that pressure. Are we, you know, going to be super intentional or have this plan for our kids' spiritual development? Or is it more spontaneous or is it a little bit of both? And, and kind of maybe talk about that. Like <laughs> that, that was like the pressure to come up with this plan and follow it, you know, play by play, or, mm-hmm. or is it a little more spontaneous or do you feel like it's kind of a little bit of both? And, and this is for all the dads. I can tell you mine had a, an overall plan at the top of my head, but I've never, I've never had a flow chart for anything in my life. I mean, yeah. it's just so I, so it's a lot of spontaneity to it, yeah. but it was also, but it was based upon a, a, the end goal. I knew what it was. And, and I just, I just kind of conform with each kid. We talked a little bit before we started rolling on the recording here of the difference in each, each kid. I have two that are very similar and one and, and two other ones. And they are, you know, two, two that are a little bit more hard headed and two that know how to get the best <laughs> out of me. And, um, I wish we had video in yeah, here. Yeah, which and two, so which describe the, describe them with their names. Um, <laughs> Courtney and Aaron have um, they're they're my little more stubborn ones, and and you know if if 
It's not the, the total truth, but if you were going to take a whooping, from, if I was going to have to whip them, it would had to be a lot harder than I had to whoop Casey and Justin <laughs> to get the point across. And um, they were just stubborn on it. So. And they did not know how to, I don't know, shut manipulate uh, all that. <laughs> didn't know how to shut up, and they didn't know how to Admit manipulate that you were me. Wrong. Yep. Yeah, Ever. yeah. Admit that you're wrong. So. Me and Justin were master manipulators. Yeah. So. yeah. That's <laughs> the key. They know how to manipulate. AKA the favorites. The, the favorites. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, it's the really, it's really cool. Watch Courtney understand that, that, that there's no difference in favoritism because she has three kids and one of them acts like Justin and Casey and one of them's kind of in the middle of the road and then one of them acts just like her. So she's understanding it now. So, yeah. True. Well. Hey, those those kids become good leaders. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So, but so. y'all, y'all answer that question a little bit more on your intentionality into it. Well, I'm still so new in this fatherhood thing. I'm just trying to figure it out every day and keep them alive. That's the bottom. That's where I'm at right now. Join the club. Um, my prayer, just since I found out that I was going to be a dad, um, was that I can lead a household that just ultimately I can love like where our heavenly father loves us. And I can show him grace. I can show him direction. I can show him um, just the overwhelming love that God provides for each and every one of us. And if I, if I can just keep that as my forefront in my heart. I'm going to mess up. Everybody messes up. I've already messed up in the nine months that he's been alive. But um, I just, I just, that's my prayer each and every day that I can one, keep him alive and two, always point him to the love that God has for us. I love that. That's really good, Aaron. And, and, and in fact, we talked about this kind of before we uh, started recording that uh, Pastor Jason mentioned several weeks back, uh, there's no perfect parent, but you can be a praying parent. Um, so I love that. I love what you're praying for your son. And so talk about some other prayers that you pray for your kids and and how you pray for your kids as a dad. So um, James had mentioned before, like, uh, you know, one of your your ultimate goals, you know, as a as a father who's following Jesus is uh, is for your kids to do the same thing, to to find that personal relationship. And I know that uh, for them to understand relationship, uh, they have to understand transparency. So for me, as a parent, I've kind of walked through uh, knowing knowing to just try to be in, as intentionally transparent about things and to lead by example in things. Mm-hmm. So I want them to see me reading the Bible. I want this want them to see me praying, um, and you know, around our dinner table, we we do the same thing. Um, you know, that that Courtney came up with with uh, being around a dinner table almost every night of the week. Uh, so we we pray as a family. We talk about uh, what what that relationship looks like. So you know, as we bump into different things, um, you know, I'm I'm not a perfect person, so I make mistakes. And so you know, my kids have often you know gotten to watch me uh, apologize to them and to to walk in transparency of like, hey, I know that I messed up, um, but always uh, taking every one of these kind of random series of moments to point back to. Uh, the way that God loves me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and as a consequence or, or as a byproduct of the way that I love them in the same way. So they get to hear a lot of those, uh, like James said, like a lot of the intentionality is on the table for sure. Um, but you, the, the real intentional part is looking for every opportunity as they come up in life to, to mm-hmm. engage in those conversations. That's really good. I, and I think the, what one of the things you hit on was the authenticity. Um, when we, as we lead and wherever we lead and as we lead in our homes, um, people respect and trust authentic leaders more than they do leaders who put, even if they're dads that are in, leading their home. Mm-hmm. Like when we can tell when our fathers put a mask on, 
But, sure. but authenticity builds trust and it builds respect. And that's what we want in our homes. And sometimes for some reason, as dads, we think that I just need to have it like I have it all together. And what you just said about apologizing to your kids, like, you know, to have a, a, a man apologize to another man, a lot of boys never see that in their home and they never see that in life. Mm-hmm. I think that's just powerful. I think authenticity is a key word as we think about how to be a better dad. That's another key word I think that we should keep talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. So part of the reason why we wanted to do this podcast was to give our listeners, um, maybe those who are struggling, maybe don't have that example, um, you know, of a godly father in their own home, but want to set that example for their own children. What advice or what hope would you give to them? So I had the, uh, the opportunity of coming up in, uh, difficult household. Uh, so I'm, I am coming out of two, uh, my parents divorced twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've had a father, a stepdad, and now a father-in-law. And so I've gotten to be able to watch good and bad examples from all three of them, as well as, um, interacting with, with people, with different guys from the church, pastors, discipleship leaders, uh, just other guys who are a little bit farther ahead of me. Uh, and had the opportunity to to watch what they had done well and what where is where they had struggled at, yeah. uh, and using those kind of elements to help make decisions about how I'm going to move forward with it, yeah. And invite those guys into it of like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you give me some insights here on this? Um, you know, as our kids get older and they're they're kind of growing through. Uh, the night, the dynamic that I have with James will, will grow and change because I'll have more and more questions for him about what happened in this stage. Well, what happened with this, especially since, uh, our kids are very similar to, uh, to his oh, yeah. kids. So yeah. uh, they're little, they're uh, you know, little mini have questions <laughs> than anything. So inviting somebody else, you know, into that and allowing other people to speak into me, cause I know I'm not going to, I'm, I know I'm, I'm not perfect and I know I need yeah. insights. I know I need help with those, some of those things. So um, looking for the right people to, to get, uh, examples from and mm-hmm. invite people to speak into it. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. All right. So any final thoughts, um, wisdom for parents, any, any final thoughts before we were, we're, we're going to end on a, on a funny, funny question, <laughs> but, uh, but any, any wisdom or final thoughts for parents that you want to jump in and add? I would say that, you know, Along the lines, and in, in, and I think it's along the lines spiritually and and emotionally in every which way is consistency. Yeah. Um, and and you know you got to be real to your kids. You got but you got to be consistent and 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 bring in consistent discipline, consistent love, consistent examples, um, everything across the board. And that was part of maybe some of the intentional stuff I did with dinner every night. There was some consistency. There was just that flow that kept my kids. I believe knowing what was coming next. Every Wednesday, we're going to be at church. Every Sunday morning, we're going to be at church. We're going to go on a, our vacation time is going to be used on a mission trip every, every summer. I mean, that was just what we did yeah. and that consistency. So there were some times I think overall, like, Hey, they missed out on a Disney trip here and there, but they got to go on some pretty cool stuff and yeah. see, they see lived. God move in some amazing <laughs> ways. Or we were on some lake or a piece of patch of land hunting or fishing. So it, yeah. it's just what we did, but there was consistency in everything that I chose to do. Well, and that's, I, I do want to point that out too. Like the way that you raised all your kids, there's, there is that consistency mm-hmm. because, and, and there wasn't a difference in, you know, from what I can see just as an outsider, there's, you know, you raised your daughters the same as you raised your sons mm-hmm. and 
you know, Casey hunts mm -hmm. and fishes yep. along with yeah. you. And, and that's, and I just see that, <laughs> that as a dad, that's really cool. That's it, a, it is. Yeah. They both, both my girls have shot deer before and, and um, yeah. they, they, they know how to fish and, um, but Those you know, are tougher than the boys. Most yeah, of the time. yeah, most times, especially you know when they were younger. Especially Justin, who's not here, he won the toughest one at a young age, but he he's gotten there now. So <laughs> that's um, an understatement. <laughs> understatement. Now he's a firefighter. I don't know how he does it. So, but uh, yeah. um, you know, but now consistency and everything. Yeah. So, and from the daughter's perspective, as a you know, um, what are some things that stood out to you that your dad did really really well? I would just say just consistently being an example. Like uh, when you talk about, uh, you know, loving the church and being involved with the church, it was not just a, yes, it was a force, like we're going, like you're going to be there, that's where we're going to be, which was never an issue for any of us because um, we always loved it. But mm -hmm. it was a consistent example of he didn't just bring us to church and drop us off in our Sunday school classes and then just kind of check out and just go attend service. It, it was a consistent example of, uh, of serving and giving of time and making sacrifices to give to ministry within the church and to give through the church with his time mm -hmm. of, we were not forced to do that, but that was the example that was set for us all the way through from the time that we started going to church there was involvement and there was giving of time and it was consistently uh, uh, shown that that's what you do when you're involved in a church and you are a believer, you are the hands and feet of the Lord and you're going to serve in yeah. his church. And so that was something that um, wasn't forced on us, but was just set as such an important example of something like that's just what you do. Yeah. So, and that. and that has just always stayed with all of us. We've always um, all been very involved in the different ministries and the different areas that were where we have giftings. We've always served yeah. from the time we were little. That's yeah. awesome. and that all came from like a to me like a cool story in my life. I've never made a deal with God before in my life. I just don't think that that's what you're supposed to do. But at one point in time, I was working. I was a GM of of a restaurant group, and it was you know I don't know y'all restaurant hours, but it's terrible. So there was no consistency to be able to really get to church at this point. And Courtney was probably hitting about seventh grade at the at that point. And I was like, I, we've got to get more consistent with 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 church. Mm -hmm. And and um, so I kind of just one day prayed. I said, Lord, you find me a job that's Monday to Friday, and I can they will feed my family, and I will be at church every time the doors open. Not only that, I'm going to be volunteering. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like a week later, we lost the lease on the restaurant I was managing, and the owner said, we're not going to reopen. And I was, I was going to be out of a job in like two months. Like, All right, Lord, you really work in mysterious ways, but, you know, <laughs> I'm trusting you here. And I immediately found a nine-to-five job, and wow. that that next Sunday we we started. I said, we're not missing another Sunday because it would just be we'd go a couple weeks and I'd have to work two, two or three Sundays in a row. It just got to be crazy. And that was the beginning of it, but it was um, did the wrong thing by trying, kind of making that deal with God. But I I, I I held a promise, and volunteerism. I mean, I kind of made a promise. I'm never going to quit volunteering at church. I mean, that's just uh, yeah. well. And to me, that's he was a, faithful. He was faithful in answering my prayer. Yeah, and, and, that's uh, it. I was just going to say that's a testimony mm -hmm. of a, the power of a praying father. Mm -hmm. Right. And you got real specific with mm -hmm. with a prayer, yeah. and I just I love that that you took that need to mm -hmm. God, and He answered it. He answered it, <laughs> kind of in a scary way for a little while there, but it all it was. Uh, you know, yeah. but by that was just a building of more faith because yeah. you just see God work through those situations like that, which is amazing. Very you cool. Mm -hmm. Well, and I do, we have to say, we, we forgot to mention this at the beginning of the podcast that today is 
Courtney's birthday. Yay! Happy yeah. birthday, Courtney! Happy birthday! We won't sing because we've decided we're not the we're not the Unless you want to, sing. you can sing to yourself can, and it'll sound good. So. For I wrote you a song for today. <laughs> Casey's musical talent is the triangle. Where's that guitar learned. at? Um, but we just thought, how cool is that? We were, this what that was not planned, but this mm-hmm. is the the day that James became a father. Yeah, uh, when Courtney is born. So how cool is that? We just thought that was good good timing. <laughs> Um, so, okay. So now you guys get to talk about some funny moments. Give us some funny Stephanie family, AKA Clark Griswold, Griswold family moments. I don't think you can tell a Clark Griswold story without telling the Christmas light electrical cord story that is now the cause of my irrational fear of snakes. Um, (laughs) um, a good one. It was Christmas time. I don't know how old I was. It was a long time ago. And, um, we had just put up the Christmas lights. My mom had been out Christmas shopping all day, so we were home. My dad told my older brother, Justin, to go out and plug in the Christmas lights. The next thing you know, he comes in screaming like a little girl saying, there's a snake, there's a snake, there's a snake. <laughs> so we all go running out. We think it's a cool a cool thing to see, watch our dad catch a snake. Um, so it was my dad first, and then Courtney right behind him, and then me right behind him, her. And he goes to grab this orange rat snake out of the, the yard mm-hmm. and pick it up, and he grabbed it really close to the tail. So when he went to pick it up, the snake turned to strike at him, and he decided to throw the snake. Well, the snake. Then I proceeds. went to pull away from it, but its tail was wrapped around my arm, and so I went for that, like to grab behind the head just to move it out of there. And I wasn't going to kill it or nothing, but it's still wrapped around. So when it went to strike me, I went to move, and it turned into I don't know, like a boomerang flying a through flying the air. Saucer. It looked like a helicopter <laughs> flying through the air. That then bounced off Courtney and decided to wrap itself around my waist. <laughs> <laughs> and I proceeded to run down the entire street screaming. He made it a good like 20 yards where it fell off. It was great. Wow. And then and I, I told my mom that he threw a snake at me. It was not intentional. I, I suffered a lot of abuse for that one. But well, there's yeah, proof that uh, we all have we all have our, our not so shining moments. That right? was not. <laughs> one of them. So. Grab it closer to the head if you're going to pick them up. So. All right. Any more? Any others? I just think of hunting camp and every time there's the you know big barrel of where you have your fire pit and the number of things that we blew up in that thing. <laughs> Launching shampoo and hair, uh, uh, hair, 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 hair spray cans like in there. Yeah, we would buy the we dollar. We would buy the whole huge pack of bottle rockets, and it was who can stay there and run around it. You the longest before they chicken out and run away, like we were shooting bottle rockets. It was at always each other. me and Corny that made it the longest. I know. Casey and I wow. always were okay. tougher than the boys. So. <laughs> no, they, they, they probably don't remember this, but we lived when we lived down in Florida. I had a neighbor, is pretty cool guy, and um, we got ready. I mean, saved, and you know, with well, it, Disney I know is way more expensive now, but it was still a lot of money back then, especially for what we were making. And we had saved up for this trip to Disney World, and we got ready to pull out of the parking lot. And we leave, and we're all loaded up in the little minivan. People are blowing their horn and waving. I say, hey, what's going on here? We, we get to our first rest stop. We get to Disney and look, and, and um, uh, my neighbor had taken white shoe polish and wrote, wrote on the back of the van, 
uh, Griswold's uh, Wally World or, or you know, or something. So, <laughs> so, so I really, it, I, really yeah. I was prophetic when I wrote this yeah. question. Yeah. Yes. What, was, what was it, Griswold's young, the daughter? Audrey. Audrey. That's what they, we called her Audrey for yeah. a long time. So, so wow. it, yeah, it was. So you guys have a, a kinship with the Griswolds. Yes, yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, everything, maybe that, that one they went out to Europe wasn't that good, but the rest of them were good. So. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. So real quick, rapid fire. We're going to go around in a circle and you guys all get to tell your favorite thing about James oh. <laughs> on the spot. I can start. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't sum up his personality in one statement, I don't know what does. I'll start. I just know as the self-proclaimed and also he proclaimed hard-headed kid as growing up that there was a lot of, I felt pressure to, um, work hard. Um, he demonstrated that hard work is an expectation and he, he expected that from us, whether it was the school school that we were doing, sports that we were doing, the fact that I had, we had jobs that mm-hmm. a very, as soon as we can, we were expected to have jobs if we mm-hmm. wanted anything extra um, on top of being present for family dinners. And it just was this overwhelming pressure that caused me to really have a lot of conflict with him growing up. Mm-hmm. But he stayed on me. He, he, he made sure that he showed a, just a leadership example of what hard look, work looks like and what hard work means and what the important of hard work is and I can honestly say to this day I am the man I am and have the family that I have and the how blessed I am to where I'm at with my career and my child my wife just all these blessings that have come out of it because of the the pressure and the support and the force you put behind me and uplifting me and the fact that I can do the things that I've set out to do and I just I really am just a better man today and for for the that just that kind of the hardship he put behind me and just the high expectations that he had for me. Wow. Oh, Jim's crying. Oh, I'm about ready <laughs> to. Wow. That's serious. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Aaron, no. uh, Aaron needs his own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I didn't push to the point that I, I always felt like I pushed to where they, their capabilities were. And I'm yeah. sure I missed. I mean, we, I know that, you know, one thing all dads will realize is they're not perfect. Yeah. Uh, we have one perfect father and, and, and that's God above. That's not, we're all going to fall short. Um, but I pushed as hard as I thought they could handle to where they needed to be. And, um, but thank you. I love that. I would say for me, he never did lie to us. So I always, if I wanted to try it for a sport and I was not going to be good at it, he let me know it. Um, I wanted to play basketball so bad. So Papaw, his dad bought me a basketball hoop and I went out and he's like, you're not going to make it. And guess what? I didn't make it. But um, I will say I never had a question like what I, what he was thinking mm-hmm. and just knowing like he always stood by what he said. Like if he was going to do something and he yeah. said he was going to do it, I didn't have to worry that he wasn't going to come through. And just like the consistency, like we've talked about this whole time, like that is, I would say the one word that describes him is consistent. Yeah. And like I said at the beginning, like that's what I prayed for. And like that's what he had, like Dylan has that too. And so just it's exciting to see um, like him starting to be like what he was for me. And so, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't being mean to her about that. I wanted to set the expectations <laughs> Listen, a little bit. And I was about to I, never say, I was, I, I might be saying, I was so proud of her for trying out for a team because yeah. she did not have a chance, but she went out there and I did it. Out. I just want to state for the record, like these kids are the most, some of the most talented people I know. Yeah. And so I know they didn't get that way because you shot them down. No, no. I, I pushed no. them where, where they needed to be pushed. But yeah, yeah. no. if exactly. you ever see her pick up a basketball, you would say, why did you even try out? 
herself. I was really proud of her. She did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I set her up for the fact that this is going to be bone crushing. So right, right, uh, soul yeah. crushing because it's probably not going to happen. So I'm always so impressed <laughs> with them and their talents and yeah. and how they serve and the way they serve and and how they honor God and mm-hmm. all that they do. So yeah. good job, Dad. Oh, well, so. Thank you. Yeah. So for me, uh, not that we need to blow your head up any further <laughs> than it already is. But please but... do. <laughs> I guess I have to because it's Father's Day. Yeah. So, um, no, for me, it was such a uh, a solid it, – it's twofold. One was just a solid example of um, being hardworking. Um, like, there were a lot of times, even just bet- like the difference between how I was as a little kid raised versus even Casey – it was a world different in terms of like our financial situation. Mm-hmm. So I experienced like hard working to the point of you do what you've got to do to take care of your family. So that was an example that was set for me that I knew w- what I was going to look for in terms of that. And I definitely found that. Um, but then also just being pushed to step outside comfort zones and being forced into doing certain things. Not that I like to admit it, but uh, Josh knew my dad before I knew Josh. And so like there was that um, that connection there of kind of bringing us together to meet and knowing that, you know, we would connect and, and all that. But then on top of that, just in my ministry of finding this calling for worship and, and leading worship and singing and everything like that, like, I would not have had that because I am one of the the most shy people. I do not <laughs> like being in front of people. I would so much rather stand behind a curtain and nobody ever know that it was me singing. And I was forced, dragged, deathly <laughs> ill out of bed to a church audition because he made me because he said, you can sing, so you better darn well I do it. it. <laughs> and he drug me to the audition to sing in a worship service where... This guy, Josh McFadden, mm-hmm. just so happened to be the worship leader. So he drug me to the audition where I not only started my ministry, but I also met my husband. Awesome. Wow. One out of two isn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, I would not probably be doing music, and I would not have married this guy had he not made me do what I didn't want to do and go step outside the box yeah. and show up. Yeah, my, my great-grandma always said, if you have a gift from God and you don't use it, it could be taken away. And I didn't want you to lose your voice, so that was it. That's great. So this uh, this family is special. Josh, did you have something you were thinking of adding right there? Uh, I was just going to say, uh, you know, twofold again, um, just thankful for, for James leading his family and raising his children the way he has, because not only have I found my wife, um, but I found brothers and sisters uh, to, in addition to my brothers I already have, but, um, but I found brothers and sisters uh, in that. And uh, my most appreciative thing, I think, for James is just uh, since day one, when we first started, you know, working together and kind of uh, moving towards courting or dating Courtney, uh, James has loved me as a son. Mm. And I'll, I'll be forever grateful for that. Even though the threats at the beginning didn't scare you away. So. Last but not least. Uh, <laughs> so if there's one thing to say about James, it would be um, the overwhelming amount of joy that he finds in in the little things. And it kind of flows into like in the, the intention that he puts behind things. But 
um, you know, so many small conversations or it, it doesn't matter if you've met him for five seconds or if you've known him for 20 years, he can find something to talk about with you and you're going to have a good conversation. And it doesn't matter if it was a tough day, if it was an easy day, there's always joy in every situation. Like we could be on the lake fishing all day, catch no fish, but we had just as much fun as if we would have, you know, limited out. I think mm-hmm. that was a thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. um, you know, just the overwhelming amount of joy that he, that he brings into situations and you got to get past like his, uh, and his language. And when you, when you kind of pick up on it, which I'm fluent in as well as like the sarcasm, the more of it means that he likes you more. Yeah. So being able to like have just that, 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 uh, that language to, to speak, like it, once you get past that sarcasm, you realize that he really does put his heart into everything and that, that there is just overwhelming amount of joy that he carries with him. And if, and you see it in his, in his kids, I see it in my wife. Um, and I mean, it's throughout the entire family. Um, well, she's as sarcastic as I am. So oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Yeah. The overwhelming amount of support you get from a dad is, you know, you lead worship, you pour your heart out and serve in ministry and you, you walk off stage and see him for the first time. And the only thing out of his mouth is, is, Man, you were pitchy today. Like <laughs> that's the kind of support that you can expect from James. Okay. Always go to the sound guys and say, "Hey, get the auto tuner ready. Courtney's yeah. up." So you know. yeah. I mean, he's honest. That's yeah. a virtue. Yeah. Honesty is honest. a virtue. Get so, ready to mute that one. Yeah. That is what you'll get from him. Yeah, sure. I, I just bringing it back to just being serious. I know I already talked, but mm-hmm. I can talk for my brother in this and Justin, who was supposed to be here and isn't that. Now that we're 20-somethings or thir- pushing 30 mm-hmm. and we have kids of our own over and families of our own, we're not gonna that, talk about um, it. <laughs> we can honestly say that our dad has transitioned from that leadership figure to a friend. And yeah. we like to spend our time on the golf course with him. Yeah. We like to go on our family trips with him. We like to go to the hunting camp with him because it's now grown into this love and appreciation of each other, not just the leadership example that he was. So I, I just know that Justin would stand behind me and say in that, that we would designate time to spend time just with him. Yeah, it, I, I once a, while tell him, don't you all have friends? I'm tired. <laughs> I can't keep up with y'all anymore. That was very intentional in my upbringing. I, I kind of figured if I did things right when we were young and I was the father figure, there would be times to be that, that friend figure. Um, I think uh, some of the failures in today's world is too many parents set out to try to be a friend too soon. Mm-hmm. And you can't be that at a, at a young age uh, at all points. You can be a friend, but you can't be, that can't be your main goal. Your main goal needs to be a parent raising godly children who are going to be good in society. Mm-hmm. And if, if once that is accomplished, then, then it comes down to, you can, you can have a lifetime of, of having four best friends and actually it turn, it's turned into eight really good friends because they've married so well that I enjoy being around my uh, son and son-in-laws and my daughter-in-laws just as much. I enjoy being around my kids. So it's, it was an incredible blessing. And, um, but, no, that's great. We thank you guys for being on here. We're going to wrap it up here. And just I hope you hear that this is a special family. We've laughed a lot. <laughs> um, we've had a good time and just been real honest. Here's some key takeaways that I, that I get from this. And I would say, dads that are listening for your kids, here's some key words for you. Time, intentionality, priorities, authenticity, consistency. Live out the values you want your children to have. Lead the way and then pray for your children. And then I would flip that um, to for children and we're all children 
for your dads, um, here's what you should do. You should honor your dad. James, I hope you feel honored today. Absolutely. You should encourage your dad. I hope you feel encouraged today. And then as, as children, we want to pray for our dads. It's a tough job. Uh, so we really appreciate you guys being here and the time that you've given us here today. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this very special Father's Day podcast of Beyond Sunday. So thank y'all, Stephanie family and McFadden's and Kofers, and we appreciate you guys so much and everything that you do and um, and give to the church and and we love you guys. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Beyond Sunday. And as always, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time.